Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Next is now. Well, as we look at what is next and what is now, uh, we're really pleased to have uh, rejoining us on the program, Representative Brad Last, who, of course, represents District 71 in the southwest part of the state of Utah, including Parowan and Zions National Park. He's also the House Chair of the Legislature's Executive Appropriations Committee. Uh, Representative Last, thanks for joining us today. It's my pleasure to be with you. Wonderful. Well, we we do talk a lot about uh, Utah and finances. Uh, We often compare and contrast that with what is going on or what is not going on in our nation's capital. Uh, But give us uh, your assessment from your unique perch there on that committee. Uh, how, How are we doing financially? We're doing great. But here in Utah, and you know this because you follow what we do up here, we've just been very careful about how we've uh, set money aside. Uh, We always make sure that we don't spend more money than we have. We're careful about bonding. And so Utah is in a really, really good position right now. And it definitely seems to be, especially coming out of the pandemic, that Utah is just incredibly well positioned, uh, possibly better than any other state uh, in the country. Uh, And you mentioned some of those things that I think contribute to that uh, so we, we do have some money there. We also know there's federal money either here or heading this way. Uh, how much is that? What does that look like? And uh, what are some of the priorities in terms of where uh, you think that will be allocated? It really comes down to just all of the federal money that's flowing into the state and the way that that impacts the tax generation at the local level. For example, people are getting money from the federal government. They go out and buy things. So our sales tax has gone up. Mm. One of the really interesting things that we have right now is our sales tax year year over year is up almost 16%. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in in my time in the legislature. So we are generating uh, a lot of tax revenue right now. The challenge with that, though, Boyd, is uh, just that we don't know really what our base economy is. And so we've had economists here at the state and our fiscal analyst office that have been doing a lot of work trying to help us understand what our economy would look like if we didn't have all of this federal money. Right. And what we're trying to do as we set our budgets is look to our economists to tell us, here's where you would be without that money, so let's make sure that we don't make long-term plans with money that's going to be here only for a year or two so that we don't get ourselves in trouble in the future. Yeah, that's such an important point. I really appreciate you bringing that up, Representative Last, that there is that uh, tendency I think for all of us as human beings, that if we if we have a little, we, we think we need to spend it, we need to allocate it, we need to, to use it. Uh, and that resisting that urge for things that might either be one-time money or, as you said, may only be there for a year or so uh, because of current policy, uh, what else should we be thinking about uh, as taxpayers, as citizens in this state, uh, as we look at, okay, how, how does that get allocated and how do we make sure uh, we're not kind of buying in, I always call it the teaser rate on your credit card. You know, <laughs> you kind of get in and it's easy, it feels okay, and then all of a sudden you get that big balloon and and suddenly you're scrambling. Well, one of the things that we've always done in the legislature, at least in the time that I've been here and certainly since I've been involved in the budget, is we try to, we call it take money off the table 
uh, in December in our executive appropriations meeting, we will basically say, here are several things that we need to make sure we have money for. Let's just set that money aside right now so that when we get into the regular session, uh, we don't look to that money uh, as, as money that we might spend on other programs. And I'll just give you an example of some of those kinds of things. We think that we're probably going to have some kind of a tax cut. Uh, whether that's an income tax cut, sales tax cut, um, we aren't going to say right now, but we're setting money aside because we think that with these kind of revenues, we probably ought to give some of it back to the taxpayers. We know that we're going to have Medicaid growth, and so we can estimate what those numbers are, so we think it's smart to set that money aside up front. We know we're going to have growth in public education, so we're going to set that money aside up front. Uh, we also, in the past few years, as you know, we've uh, negotiated some pretty interesting things with the public education community. We have a stabilization fund, for example, to make sure that we're setting money aside so that if we do have a downturn that we can sustain our public education system. So we set money aside for that. A couple of other things, uh, too, that we feel are, uh, are very important. What do we always tell people to do in terms of managing your own finances? Pay down your debt. Don't spend more than you have. So we think it's smart for us to pay off debt. So we're going to set aside a pretty sizable chunk of money that we can use to pay off debt. For example, the prison, we, we bonded for $350 million in, in the last tranche to finish the prison. Uh, we feel it probably makes uh, sense to pay that off or at least set money aside to pay that off because those bonds are not callable. And then also use some money for some, some big things like Front Runner. We're going to do some double tracking and things to try and improve our public transit system. We think that it probably makes sense to use cash for that instead of bonding. So those are some of the kinds of things that we will be doing in December, setting that money aside before we even go into session so that uh, legislators are not looking to that money as a, as, as a potential pot that we could spend on other things. I hate to say this, but it's such a radical concept you're going after their <laughs> representative. Uh, I, I wish we could get this kind of radical thinking uh, back in our nation's capital uh, to do all of those things uh, in terms of some tax relief, some tax cut, but to make sure you're factoring in, okay, what does that actually do to the revenue, Medicaid growth, education uh, we often talk about. I do think it's also important that you are focusing on some of those future things, whether that's paying down debt uh, or doing the expansion things. We know we've got some water uh, things that need to to happen as well. Anything else on the horizon that we should be looking for as you you move into that session in December? Yeah, let let me just mention uh, one thing. <laughs> Something you said kind of reminded me of a blessing that we have in the state of Utah. Of course, at the nation's capital, I don't know when the last I, I don't know the last time they actually had a budget. <laughs> it's a blessing to us in Utah and in all the other states that we have to balance our budgets. We cannot deficit spend. So that forces us to make hard decisions every single year. One of the things I think we're going to have some interesting challenges with right now, as you know, inflation uh, is about 7% right now annually, and that's a big, big challenge for people. So I think there's going to be lots of pressure on the legislature to uh, improve compensation for school teachers, for the highway patrol, and for other state employees. That's going to be something that we're going to have to really look to. I mean, you're seeing uh, even even in fast food restaurants and things like that getting 15 or 16 dollars an hour now. But there's lots of pressures on all of all of our employees, all state employees, all employees, everybody, yeah. just because of, of inflation. And so we're going to have to address that 
we'll try not to get too far ahead of it because you know, when we're having really good times, we know that there's there's going to be a downturn at some point in time. So we don't want to get too far ahead of it. But we need to take care of our great state employees and make sure that they can at least uh, keep up with inflation. Yeah. Excellent. Fantastic stuff. Uh, Representative Brad Last, District 71. Again, he's on the Appropriations Committee. Uh, met yesterday. He's the House Chair of the Legislature's Executive Appro- Appropriations Committee. Representative Last, thanks so much for taking some time with us, helping us break that down and some of the great forward thinking and disciplined thinking that uh, helps make Utah really an extraordinary place. Thanks for joining us today. It's my pleasure. And so important to take a, a look at how this happens and why this doesn't happen in our nation's capital, where it can so easily, it seems, happen here in the state of Utah. Uh, you follow the Constitution. You do what it says to do. It says to balance the budget, uh, pay for things as you go, stay out of debt. Uh, that That's a big help to us, that we have to balance the budget every year. Uh, imagine what would happen if we did that in Washington, D.C. It would force a set of questions that would be very different then the arguments, the talking points, the shouting matches that we currently have over spending in our nation's capital. If we simply looked at it, if we simply had an audit every year so we could see where's the waste, fraud, and abuse in any government program, we should be looking at that in everything from the military to Medicare and Medicaid and everything in between. Just have some transparency in front of the American people and then put forward a budget. Constitution actually calls for that, amazingly. And then go through that process. Basically, 12 appropriations bills, you debate them, you amend them, and you vote on them. And then you send it to the president. And you can have a real debate over what the priorities should be. Rather than having shouting matches and talking points memos going back and forth uh, between different sides of the aisle, all based on political stuff. And so we have to step back. We, We have to get back to a process that is transparent, that we can focus on what are the outcomes this will produce, and did it produce them? If not, why not? And if still not, then it's out. It's really simple. We make it way too hard, and too often we allow our political say, leaders to say, it's, it's just really complicated. The American people can't understand it. We get it. We understand it. Uh, we need to hold them accountable for it. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.